it is episode 26 today, and uh, we're chilling with Blistibia, who's actually a very young and talented pioneer. Actually, he's got uh, a lot going on. He wears a lot of hats. He's, first of all, an international. I learned that term out of uh, just the introduction that we did with him not so long ago. He's a, a rapper, a poet, an author, and uh, that's actually one of the things that I want us to have a conversation about, because when he talks about the fact that he's an author, he, he, he also brings about you know, some things that might just be a bit, you know, good enough to enlighten you in a way, because um, it, it's quite a taboo that uh, you'd get a young man who would write about the Jewish culture. So we really want to find out uh, exactly what that is about. Chief, how's it going today? I'm good, Brobo. How are you doing? I feel very honored to be here. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, no, I'm all right, man. I'm all right. But thank you so much again for giving us this opportunity to have this moment to chill with you. It is a bliss to be here. Uh, a young talent from uh, Inanda, like I did say, he wears a lot of hats. So we're going to be breaking this down. I just want to make sure that we, we, we individually put aside each and every segment of who he is as this uh, multi-talented uh, uh, fireball. Uh, let's go straight into it. Uh, well, Unfiltered, what it is, is uh, a podcast that uh, deals with people who are talented and uh, people who are of interest. You're definitely one of those people with uh, the lots of uh, stories that uh, you have to tell us today. And uh, we're going to have this opportunity, obviously, to, to engage with you and uh, you're going to enlighten us in this respect. Uh, let's start right at the beginning because uh, I want us to take it from home and then uh, spread it out to exactly where you would find yourself over the years. You come from Inanda, right? Actually, I was born and raised in New Lenzi. How I decided to say with some from Inanda is because the expected youth was essentially birthed in Inanda. And right. the, my fam, the family business is there as well. So I just decided that I'm going to adopt Inanda as like my place because what we really want to do, not just Inanda, but in the Inc area, is to bring lots of attention. Inanda was back in the early 2000s was the murder capital. So it was it was known it was put in a bad light. So I feel that I'm merely just a vessel to ensure that the narrative changes in Inanda because it's, it's it's a beautiful place. It's birth of the ANC, you know, ooh, John Dube was from there. And there's there's a lot of political heritage as well as religious heritage that comes from Inanda. So I'm just trying to shed light. So wherever I go, even if I'm in Europe or in America, I'm always trying to ensure that my home is Inanda. Everyone must know about Inanda. And you probably uh, tell the story because uh, you even engage in these uh, youth, uh, youth development programs. I know that uh, if we look at expected youth on its own, uh, maybe you're going to have to just give us more light into what it is. I know that you run some programs where you do mountain hiking, you do these tours and, uh, you know, all kinds of fun stuff that is uh, you know, uh, demanding to the body as well. What is uh, that uh, expected does really? What is it that you do? So expected youth is a nonprofit organization. It is also a movement that wants to, it seeks to inspire the youth to be extraordinary people. If you remember in maths or maths lit in algebra, uh, the teacher would ask you to solve X. So we ask you as a young person, what is your X? What is your value within society? And what are the variables that make you become who you are? So for example, your family, your community that you come from, what is your value and what is your contribution towards society? So we decided to break down the X into five pillars. It is the X stands for extraordinary, exceptional, exceeding expectations, to be experts and to just be excellent people within society. So we played around with the X 
but essentially it's asking you the question of what contribution do you make in society? What is your value? What is your unique selling point? Excellent. And um, the formation of it, I'm just wondering now, who would come out of it? Because, or at least uh, be the ones uh, that uh, came up with the idea, because I know that you, you play a very pivotal role. That's exactly what you do, because I've seen some of the stuff that you put out. I mean, the, 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 the canoeing, the interest is just so bizarre, you'd say. What would uh, drive you to, 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 to want to engage in such uh, activities? And who are the people that are involved in uh, form uh, formulating it? The formulation of X Factor Youth, funny enough, was started by my father. Yeah, he came from Kabalazul and he what he spotted is that through what he was able to accomplish in his lifetime, he wanted to ensure that people within the ink area, Ntuzuma, Nanda, Kwamash, are able to have something like that. Because he just feels that there's certain NPOs that have like very different offerings. And yet he wants to pick a specific niche and do, and do something very, very out of the ordinary, like very extraordinary. And that's why Eswani Lodge is like the headquarters of Expected Youth. And we do a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, people sometimes like to say that we do white people stuff because you wouldn't yeah. catch a black person canoeing or swimming in the dam. So that's what we want to do. Exactly. So, so we want to introduce that and make it make it more known, like put people out there because... Just because a white person does it doesn't mean it, it should be a white person's thing. Like there's a reason why they're doing it. They find sanction in doing it their way. So for us, we just want to expose people to not just canoeing and hiking, but a lot of stuff. Because there's a lot of stuff out there that we feel that Abandu Bamiyama aren't really exposed to. And that that is the, the aim of the game. I feel like that should be like the next X with X, with X Factor Youth is exposure to put people out yeah. there. Because you never know where people's talents lie. You know, you have to expose people in order to ensure that you can discover talents. Like, you may never know, there might be 10 people who are good at canoeing, but they just haven't been introduced to it and they haven't been put there. They haven't thrown into the deep end, if you can put it that way, in order to see that, except this person's actually good at canoeing or good at, at trail hiking, you know? So we're just trying to expose Amanda Banyama, especially Nenanda, to try new things, do extraordinary things and just be extraordinary people. Exactly. And uh, I guess that's the only way that we can find ourselves, uh, you know, venturing into unknown territory. And isn't that just lovely? Because a person is only going to be connected to something that he's never experienced in a way that uh, is unfathomed. You know, you, you can do mundane things every single day. It, it, it's not an experience anymore. You, it's just a rotating clock. But every single time that you tap into the unknown, it feels like an experience because it's something that you've never experienced. And then you experience that it's actually good for you. Now, you, you, you do all of these uh, things and you, you, you're an adventure guy, man. It's, it's crazy. But uh, you, you would also find yourself tapping into the arts where you, uh, uh, you dance, man. And, 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 and then, of course, there are some short films that are also coming through. I know that uh, Nas is uh, Nas of uh, uh, no, uh, Express podcast. She also is uh, featured in some of that uh, work that she's busy doing there. Uh, the dancing and uh, the poet, that part of you, who is that? Tell us about that uh, kind of bit. So that, that, is, that is the crazy side of this um, because before X Factor Youth and all the stuff that I, I, I do now, I was an overall artist. Like I was part of like rap collectives, dance collectives back in high school. And I was just obsessed with the power of words. And that's yeah. what actually gave birth to my public speaking ability. I believe that 
in order, like when you're a rapper, you need to have stage presence. You need to move a crowd. So for me, it was learning that and going through that so I can make the transition. When I do, when I do get into like a TED talk, at least I have my experience from the rapping, from the performing, from the dancing. So that is like... Heavy, man. I was listening to the, uh, to the stuff that cheapest uh, man, that song that I used on the promo. Absolutely crisp. I, I, I know that term. When I listen to it, there's a show that I used to watch not so long ago. I was just obsessed with it. I have no idea why they cut it off. You remember the Boondocks, right? Yeah. The, the, the beginning anthem of that, uh, of that song. When I listened to your song, I mean, I used to listen to, uh, I, I, I had it. I, I, I think I downloaded it, some crazy stuff like that, because I could never get the original or, 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 or the actual copy of an album. So well, I, I downloaded it and I played it over and over again. When I listened to this song, it sort of went straight back to that. Such amazing. Where's that talent coming from, man? I, I like to think that it's talent that is cooped up for many, many yeah. years because what I do is I tend to I tend to hide, I tend to hibernate for a long time and just study the world and see like what exactly is going on outside. And then that's when like I start writing. Like you would see me literally every day. I would be like on my phone, like my notepad even now is just filled with words because I'm just trying to understand what's going on in the world. And then I formulate it into rhyme. So with the, the, the intro song, Black Body Jewish Mind, it was literally during the time I was writing the book, Black Body Jewish Mind. And then it was just a matter of seeing like, yo man, like from what I've read, what I've read, what I've been exposed to, let me do it in rhyme form because that is the only way that I know it. And I just want to make it hard. You know, I mean, I'm a rap at the end of the day. So I wanted to make it super hard with punchlines, metaphors, but to also educate through music and through poetry, you know? You haven't dropped uh, that, that, that part of you. Well, I know that uh, sometimes people that are talented sometimes shift a lot. And uh, sometimes some of them, when they have... Uh, something that is new brewing and working out for them, they sort of forget about something else that they were doing. So uh, are you sort of experiencing that? Are you feeling like maybe the music is upgrowing you because now your, 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 your concentration is elsewhere? Not at all, hey, like what I think is some of us, some of us take time because we're just trying to soak everything in at once. And then when the time arrives where it's like, okay, let's get into the studio or let's go on stage, then we get to like put it all out on blast, you know. Um, I'm, I'm always, I'll always be in touch with the, the artistic side as much as I push like entrepreneurial and endeavors. I push, you know, expect to do things, but like I'll always be an artist. It's just a matter of trying to diversify my artistry and my creativity to ensure that every single field is populated, you know. So yeah, so but the, the music, the art will always be in me, bro. I think it actually becomes easy when you're talented anyway, because um, you, you, you can sort of get away with just being an artist. But <clears throat> when you are talented, it becomes easier. Uh, the creativity just sort of comes to you. Uh, I pick up a guitar, a guitar every now and then. I don't know, man. You know, when, when you play or when you, 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 you create something like that and a song comes out and you didn't even plan it, but you can actually hear that, wait a second, this actually sounds good. I have to give it to a friend so that maybe they can have the same experience. But that's just me. I'm going crazy. Now, the, the book, uh, it's called Black Body, Jewish Mind. This, this, this is you sort of looking into something else now. This is, this is the other shade that you wear as well. 
you talk about uh, the fact that the Jewish uh, uh, should be looked at as some kind of a reference point where if you look at the monetary system and how they've been uh, active in that, the Nobel Prizes that uh, they've come up winning, and the fact that um, you look at all the communication networks and all the big corporates that are really running this engine called Earth, Jews are right under the end. They're just in that, right? You, you, you sort of preach that uh, in your book. What, uh, the, what's the inspiration behind the, the, the writing of that book? So I, I always enjoy telling the story. So what happened was I was in Kwamashu at uh, Shisayama area and I was just chilling with two of my uncles. And one of my uncles randomly was like, do you guys understand how much influence the Jewish people have, like the Jewish companies? And one of my uncles was like, ah, you tripping, like, okay, it's random, but like, okay, we'll hear you. And then he goes down to like the nitty gritty, like the research that yo, like Hollywood, Hollywood is crazy. Like the Jewish people are just turning up. So me during my quiet time, like in the hibernation, I was like, okay, let me, let me follow this up. Let me see exactly what he's speaking about. And then yeah. you tend to see certain businesses, like I'll give you a case study, BET, Black Entertainment Television. They're always pushing promote black, you know, promote black business, black lives matter. But if you really get to see who gives them the budget, it is Viacom, the same organization, the same company that owns MTV. But there's another company on top of that called National Amusement. After, right? <clears throat> exactly. And that, that is owned by, by Jews, you know? So yeah. then you get to understand like during during the Holocaust, during those times, you get to understand like, why Hitler saw them as a threat. However, I'm trying to argue that instead of seeing them as a threat, let's see it as an opportunity for us to learn. They are a good blueprint because everywhere you go, like if you, if you watch Theo Baloy, one of the interviews on a, a particular YouTube channel, you get to see that his mentor was a Jew. If you bring it down to the South African context, uh, context discovery is owned by a Jew. Um, Bidvest is owned by a Jew, Brian Joffe of Bidvest, and for Discovery, it is I forgot the name, but he's also he's also um, what's his name? I'll get the name for you just now. Um, but but Discovery is owned by by a Jew, so you get to well, once you do that, you start seeing like a common thread that okay, mm -hmm. now this this is exactly is actually what's going on, and it's Asian Gore from Discovery, so you oh, get yeah. to understand that okay. Clearly, there's, there's a good, you know, there's something going on. Like the Jews have it going on. They have the Jews. What is the Jews? Is it from the religious side? Like when you read the, the Torah? Or is it just something that they learn as they grow up? And you get to see that, okay, no. It's, it's, it's a long-term thing. From the time they are born, they are introduced to certain cultures, certain principles, how they look at money, how they view money, what money does for them. And... Even in the story of OJ by Jay-Z, he says, he speaks about Jews. You know, this is how Jews own a lot of property in America. So there's always a good relation. There's always a good relation with Jews. There's, with Jews, there's wealth. So I'm, I'm trying to be wealthy. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like as much as I'm pushing philanthropy, I'm still trying to ensure that I can support it. I can sustain it. And I have to make money. So what is it that I can do? What is it that I can learn from them in order to ensure that economically I'm okay so that my community is okay? Man, I like your mind. I like the fact that uh, you, 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 you sort of look at things in the broader spectrum. And uh, I guess that's what uh, keeps you winning. Um, <laughs> you also sort of uh, 
involved in, 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 in this exchange program where you would find yourself in Germany. Um, you were a part of that. What uh, was uh, the story behind that? So I was blessed with the opportunity to volunteer in the year of 2019-2020 to go do something completely offside. Like I was volunteering at a kindergarten. I was working at a kindergarten just, just to speak English. Like I was there to ensure that I expose the kids to the English language. So that is why I say that I try anything and everything because I believe that you learn certain things on your way. Like I never knew that I had a thing for kids. Like I had a way to interact with kids. I never knew that. And I had to be in a particular space in order to, to expose that side of, of, of who yeah. I am. So I worked there and during my times as a volunteer, I was able to travel, I was able to network and I was able to learn the German language. Um, in Germany, they, yeah, like they want, they want you to learn their language. You know, it's part of being integrated. And the German government is always about in integration. So for me, it was just ensuring that when I'm there, I'm able to speak the German language and I'm able to be one of the Romans. Why? Because Germany is a first world nation and we have yeah. first world perspectives. So for me, I'm, I'm spying, I'm doing societal research so that I know that when I come back, there's another blueprint, something else that I can write about. And Berlin was just the dope case study. Like it was a perfect case study for me to take advantage of. And the more you learn the language, the more you get to speak to the right people. And the more you get to speak to the right people, the more information you get. So maybe the next two, three years, there'll be like another book specifically on my travels and my discoveries in Germany. You may never know. I don't know though, just going uh, right into the experience of being in Germany itself. I'm just wondering, it's a, it's, it's a third world country, South Africa, you know that. Now, Germany would be the first world country. The contrast, I, I've never been to Germany and that's really enough to understand how life is when you're there. The contrast between the two must be vast, but the things that you can definitely point out, like they don't have that. They definitely have that and you guys don't have it. Yo, like I always have this discussion with like the other volunteers, like what, what we tend to take for granted is land. Like the land thing is yeah. a serious thing. Like they're, well, everything is, is so compact and they charge a lot of money per square meter. Tina, where, where we staying right now, like where you staying, where I'm staying, it is, it is proper. You know, their the houses are very close knit and they're expensive. And if you actually want like a full standing house, a standalone house, we have to cough up a lot of euros. So that is why you find that there's a lot of Europeans that go to Cape Town because of the space. And they just bring their yeah. euros, convert it into rents and they buy, pop, they buy property because they, they see that, okay, this, this land thing, it is, it is deep, man. It is deep. So you get to see that. And that's, that's a picture that they don't put out there. Because when we go there, when, when you have the thought of Germany, like, oh, this place is, you know, it, it's wonderful and whatnot. But if you really think about it, Tina, we are privileged to have large amounts of land, you know, untouched soil that we can convert to fit our needs. And it's relatively cheap compared to the yeah. European standard. Now, places that uh, you might have visited, I know that um, it must be a lot, but uh, notable ones, the Eiffel Tower, definitely. For me, funny enough, I I say I I'm always I always go to like the places that are low key. So as much as like right. there's Paris, there's Munich, like those places were nice. But there's there's particular places such as Lüneburg and Lübeck, which are not mainstream. 
And those ones are the ones yeah. that I go to because I, I get to have like even deeper, like a deeper understanding because of the fact that I, it's completely left. And there's a lot of beautiful things in, in Lübeck and there's this, it's just a marvel, marvelous place. Like it's beautiful. It is so beautiful. And yeah. also to be away from technology, you know, there it, it's authentically history stuff. If you go to Munich, Munich is technology. Berlin is technology. Like the startups, all of the stuff they're there. But I just, I just like, I, I like more natural stuff. You know, more like ancient. You know, back in the day, OG type of things. You know, but, but yeah, Paris is a beautiful place. I, it's the fashion capital, and trust me, it's 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 an amazing place. Um, would I? You, would I have like a hoo-ha about it? Not really, because because of the person that I am. But for another person, be like, whoa, Paris, Champs Elysees. It's nice to experience, but you get to, yeah, you get to realize that okay, this really is not for me. I'm this person. Home is, home is definitely the way it is. Now you you'd probably bring some of uh, the stuff that uh, you would gain from uh, these travels. Coming back home, being the kind of person who's uh, inspired as you are and with the programs that you also engaged in and run. What would be the things that you would say are paramount and that you would be in a position to instill in the youth of that, which is definitely something that you're already involved in. What have you brought back and been like, I'm gonna actively, because referencing from what that did, I don't think there would be much of a difference and Apple doesn't fall far, you know? Now, what, what is it that you brought in after that huge experience? Because that is quite an experience you had. For me, what I've brought in and continue to bring in is this desire to be multilingual. I really, I took the, the thing of, of being, knowing one language or two languages for granted, because if you know another language, you essentially know another culture. And right. it also took me doing an internship at the Goethe Institute to realize that language is culture. So I wish to inspire people, especially within the expected youth and people, people in general that don't be afraid to learn a different language, pick any language. Obviously, if it has economic value, go for it. For me, I was privileged to be exposed to the German language and it just made sense for me to keep learning and expanding on my German knowledge and my German command. But as, yeah, as internationalists, go out there and yeah. learn a different language, whether it's Portuguese, Chinese, Japanese, whatever, because you may never know where you might end up in the future and what economic opportunities you may discover. You might have a partnership with a Japanese company because of the fact that you know yeah. the language, but you don't see these things unless you actually go in and then five years down the line, it'll be like, okay, yeah. it makes sense why I learned the language, you know? So things take time. That's another thing. It takes time, but... Just go out there, experience, get beat up, come back, but always ensure yeah. that you're out there because there's a lot of opportunities out there, man. There's a lot. You know, speaking to a man who's, uh, who's uh, as inspired as you are, it definitely helps because you can definitely tell that you've got your mind in the right place, especially with the nuisance that uh, young men at uh, this day and age experience. You can just tell with the experiencing of the drugs and all the kind of nonsense that they would rather prefer go for instead of uh, putting their heads in the right place. So we're really blessed to have a person like you who, who doesn't just run alone in his quest of finding the light, but you also bring other people through the expected youth service. Um, we, we're obviously going to get the information that uh, we require to find out exactly how people can get through, maybe uh, 
contributions and stuff like that is definitely important because it's a program that has to keep running. Just to touch back again to the book now, because uh, I think that we, we swiftly moved along, but uh, it, it goes deeper. The, the, the book itself now, the title, man, what, 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 what's behind the, the story there? What's up with that? So the title, I know that the intention was for it to, to cause a stir because I want people to essentially ask like, why Jews? So that my counter could be like, why not? And for me, the contrast black body Jewish mind is to, to say as, as a black person, how do we adopt a Jewish mindset when it comes to our views on leaving a legacy or leaving wealth? Um, for example, with Jews, if let's say I'm, I'm the first generation Jew and I'm wealthy I, and I want to leave money, trust fund, you know, for my kids, I don't leave a trust, the trust fund or contribution to my son. I would instead save money for my grandson. And then my son has a responsibility of leaving money for my, my, grand, my great-grandson. So that is the, the second generational gap wealth that they view. And I, I, looking at that, you're like, it actually makes sense because you're providing for, the, for your kid's kid. And then your kid is providing for his kid's kid. So to ensure that, exactly. So to ensure that there's a, a lifeline of wealth and that your family does not, yeah, does not go poor. It makes sense that I save up for your child's child or for the child's child and to keep that, that wealth going. So it's those type of practices. I'm like, yo, if, if, if black people could, could actually think that way, then we'll be, our kids will be able to sustain themselves, you know? And That's another right. thing is when you look at the, you know, when you see businesses that says established 1950s, 1960s, yeah. you get to, you get to see that. Okay. okay. Yeah, legacy exactly. That exactly. That's exactly what the book speaks about. Is is legacy and what what can we learn from that? How do we ensure that our kids, 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 kids are still eating our money? And we have to make sure that business wise, economic wise, we understand what is going on, because this generational curse thing, especially in the black family, like it's a thing. It's a thing, and I I personally would want to break out of it, but I want my peers to break out of it too. You know, so that our businesses could be established, 2000 and whatever, you know, your kids, kids could be chowing off of the podcast that you created and they are taking it further. They are elevating it in their generation, you know, so the book speaks to that way. And the reason why it's Black Body Jewish Mind, I mean, I have an affiliation with the Jews, but it's not just the Jews that are doing it. It's also the Muslims that have their own practices and their own way of doing things when it comes to wealth creation and wealth preservation. Um, but Black Body Jewish Mind, like if, if you were to read the book, you'd understand why. And hopefully one of the days I can, get, I can send you the book just so that you can see what exactly, like how crazy the Jews are. Like, what they do, how they view the world and how they engage with the world. It's something that we can learn and adopt, but also customize to fit the African narrative. Because at the end of the day, we are black, we are Africans, we have our own traditions. But who's to say we cannot take from different religions, different practices, different ideologies, and just create our own to fit the African setting? Because it's possible, right? It is definitely possible. And uh, definitely possible with people like you at the Helm office. You know, you, if, if, if you keep that kind of mindset and uh, you, you, you can share this with a lot of people, you're definitely, definitely going to be leading us into the right direction. I'll definitely tell you that. 
But what's really amazing is uh, the fact that you're putting it so, so, so easily and you're explaining it so easily. And it definitely does make sense. I want to get myself. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's a lot of people that are going to be interested in uh, putting or at least getting their hands onto the book. Most definitely it is. Bliss Sibia and uh, his extraordinary man is actually experienced it all and uh, he's uh, going hard. I'm sure that uh, if, uh, if our youth could have their minds in a place like he does, we'll definitely be in the winning streak. Now, we, 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 we're probably going to be putting it down now. So I will probably need for you to be able to tell us how people get, and, uh, get through to you, the, your social links and such. How, how can people get through to you, man? So you are free to follow me on Instagram at Bliss the Nomad, where you will see um, vo like voice notes or podcasts of me speaking about particular topics that interest me. It's not according to specific themes. It's just me voicing out. Or you can find me on Facebook at Bliss Beer, where I also do the same thing. Um, and then you can also find us on YouTube. YouTube, we have um, a channel called X Factor Youth, where we put all the videos of not just what I'm doing, but what other people within the X Factor Youth are doing. Because people are doing marvelous things, especially in the rural areas and the township settings. And thanks to people like you who have a chance to interview me, we have a chance to put the spotlight on them as well and then grow a particular narrative, especially for KZN. I'm, I come yeah. from KZN, I'm very proud, you know, Zulu person, and I want to ensure that KZN also has a narrative where it shows that there's talent in KZN, bro. Like there's talent, we just need to ensure that we position ourselves so that the people can see the talent that we have. Bro, I, I really couldn't have put it any better. It is a bliss to be here, and he's definitely giving you all his social links. And uh, his ways that's how you can get through to him. It's actually everything that you would want to think of a content creator. He's all kinds of rounds, man. He's uh, got the right stuff, he's got the magic. And we really appreciate it as Uncle Sabrina comes to be the fact that you've given us uh, this opportunity. Do subscribe to the show and uh, make sure that you follow Bliss as well. He's uh, there on social media Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. He's all over, actually. You'll uh, enjoy everything that is about. It is unfiltered with Oscar Sony. It is Oscar Sony. Signing out, and uh, I just want to say, Bliss, bro, thank you so much for this opportunity, Chief. Bro, thank you so much. The things that you do, like, I'm telling you, man, like, keep doing it, keep being unfiltered, and just keep finding these people, man, because KZN has a lot of talent, and platforms such as yours are definitely going to set the tone of what KZN is going to be, especially in 2022 and beyond. Thank you so much. Man, listen, we're coming out of a very terrible time right now. We're coming out from this COVID nonsense. Actually, we're still in it. And uh, the fact that uh, this is exactly where um, the importance of uh, this phase. Bro, we're supposed to be signing out, but I don't care. All right? We're supposed to be coming out of this uh, nonsense. We're still in it. But um, COVID is uh, sort of good in a way, I want to say. Unfiltered was born out of, uh, out of uh, uh, this COVID nonsense because it came out of a space of Oh, Jesus, man, I'm straight. I have no idea how we're going to come out of this nonsense. Are we going to live? These vaccines, are they going to kill us? You listen to all kinds of stuff, man. You listen to all kinds of stuff. <laughs> you listen to all kinds of stuff coming from everywhere on social media. But it's amazing that, you know, it pushed you to a little corner where and be afraid to talk to a lot of people. That little space and introspection, that little space that you get to sit by yourself and and be scared of going everywhere or anywhere for that matter. It makes you think and wonder, what are the chances of me creating something that I've always thought of, but I was too busy on the outside to be able to do it. 
Now this COVID has made me sit inside the house and now I'm actually doing this. That's magic, man. It's, 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 it, this thing's working in these mysterious ways. Out of bad comes good. Out of good comes exactly. bad. It's, it, it's going like that. Yin and yang. Bliss, exactly. bro. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, eh? Thank you so That's much. Good, sir.